Chad and Jay Mansbridge here, lead pastors of Bayside Church International, based here on the south coast of South Australia. Our great passion as a church is to help people to know Jesus and to demonstrate His love, truth and life in everything that we do. We hope you enjoy today's message. Uh, for those of you meeting us online or those of you visiting today, um, we're now shifting to a course in our meal today where we focus on sharing in and around the scripture. So if you BYO'd, okay, get your cork out and pop your Bible open and uh, you want to read your own. If you didn't BYO, we've got the scriptures on the screen, okay? So that's sort of how it works at our mealtimes. And uh, over this last season, uh, the focus or the theme or the series that we've been looking at is we've been looking at different heroes in the Bible, and we've called this series Heroes Come in All Shapes and Sizes. Just like this morning, uh, you've seen many different types of people contributing today. So, in the scripture, we see many God working in and through many different types of people. And if you consider yourself an odd one out, you're in good company because so is the person next to you. In fact, the person next to you is a lot weirder than what you are, believe me. Okay, so uh, talking about weirdos, why don't you put your hands together and welcome Jeff this morning, who's... Um, going to share with us different, different shape and size and uh, looking at some heroes today. And from what I suspect, because I've seen the preaching schedule, uh, you're not even going to look at one hero today. Yep. Breaking the mould, breaking the like mold. Leanne did. One hero's not mm, enough yeah, for me. No way. And so, uh, so let's do this. Dad, we thank you that you are our teacher today. Holy Spirit, we sit and we listen to your word today. As always, as we said at the start of today, you are the guest of honour at this table. And we hear your voice through Jeff's voice today. May you whisper, may you shout, may you decree and declare your word to us, to our hearts, our minds, and ultimately our hands, that we would apply your truth today. So we submit our whole self to you, body, soul, and spirit, in Jesus' name. Come on. Yes. Yes. And amen. Jeffrey, go. Cool. So, weirdo. Great. Thanks, mate. No worries. Um, now, what's the theme for this week? Uh, for this course, heroes come in, all shapes and sizes. Cool. And they can all do different things, and each one of us can relate better to any one of the heroes that has been mentioned through this series so far. Yes, we've heard about the amazing and inspiring people, uh, uh, Ruth, Esther, wasn't it? Esther. And some of the others that have been mentioned, and early on we heard about four unnamed lepers so they can be unnamed or they can be named all the way through the ones I seem to be able to relate to the best are what I'd consider to be the unsung heroes those that just do things never really knowing whether it's something great or have you just done something now, we were reminded last week, and it's been mentioned again this morning, that one of the biggest unsung heroes that we seem to miss out on a little bit is actually God himself. Yeah. He does that much. He can do things that we may not see them. We may not feel them. We may not even recognize them at the time. But when we look back over our lives, we go, God was there. God was there. God was there. And that can... 100% apply to people as well because remember God uses people to do that for us. 
Now, I'd love to take credit for this slogan that's going to come up here in a sec. Is it up? The big slogan. Heroes live here. I'd love to take credit for that, but I actually saw it on TV. And then on TV, they then went and talked about the other... Uh, they showed snippets of the songs... Uh, snippets of the shows that are about to come on. But it's the slogan that got me. Heroes live here. Do you realise that there are heroes sitting in this room right now? There are heroes watching right now. There's heroes everywhere in this room. You may not actually realise that you're a hero. I hope to show you this morning that you are probably are a hero or you've been directly affected by a hero because someone has just been there and done something. And sometimes we've just got to look over it. And you may have just done something and you went, it was just something that I did. If you can remember back to the beginning of 2020, <laughs> it's been a good year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, keep on saying it, keep on saying it. We, we've looked, uh, Ken and I have looked back over 2020 and gone with all the stuff that's happened in our lives. It has been a really cool year. And, you know, son got married and then we're going to be grandparents and we've sold a house. That's fine. That's cool. But if you remember back at the beginning of 2020, Australia was absolutely ravaged by fires. And we had numbers and numbers, hundreds if not thousands of firefighters out there fighting fires and a lot of the time for total strangers. And at that time, they were collectively honoured. A little while ago, I didn't know one by name. But recently, I talked to a guy and he just went, yeah, I went to KI for two weeks and I, uh, I fought some fires and I came back. I mean, he went to KI and fought some fires and came back. Yeah, yeah. But he just did something. But at that moment in time, he was an absolute hero to whoever's house he was saving or whoever's property he was saving or whatever it was that he was doing. He was a hero. And if you haven't kept up with the news, apparently we're in a bit of a pandemic at the moment. <laughs> yeah, it seems to be on the news. But the unsung, the unsung heroes in this, at this moment in time, are, I don't know, rattle them off. The nurses, the doctors, the paramedics, the ambulance drivers, anybody that's involved in healthcare, aged care, disability care, teachers, any of those people are at the coalface. I know one by name. But the rest of them are just doing what they need to do to get through this. And in fact, if any one of, every one of us is just simply getting through this. If you've made a phone call, cooked a meal for someone, said good day to someone, you've been a hero to someone at some point. Have I sort of covered everybody by now? Heroes live here. So whether you're a firefighter, a nurse, a doctor, or anyone else just simply getting through this, you could be a hero. Now, I'm not a firefighter, I'm not a nurse. <laughs> not even a doctor, nothing. I don't know whether I will ever do anything that will actually give me the title of hero. You know, give me those 15 minutes of fame. But maybe I'll never know. I may never know until someone looks back over their lives and in someone else's lives, something I did at some point at that moment in time, it was something heroic, something just there done. 
I could look around this room and rattle off numbers of people that over the years have just been there and just done something. And you just did it because you were there. But to us, we look back and go, right then, that's what we needed. So I'd like to show you in the Bible some people that you may never consider to be heroes. Now, they're in Paul's life. Now, I could spend probably the next three weeks just talking about Paul and how much of a hero Paul was. But these are people that affected Paul that much that he wrote them down and got us. And and he wrote down what they did. So for 2,000 years, we've been able to see their names and see what they did. And most of these guys, they just did one thing. Just one. And it all, or it started with one thing. As I go through a few of them, and I was surprised when you start looking about how many people Paul sat in jail and wrote stories about. So when you're in jail, you're sort of looking back over your life and thinking about the people that have affected you. And a lot of the stuff that Paul wrote, he was in jail for. And so he just... He was in there. So you reflect on the people that affected you on the way through. I'll try to show you today that in 2020, it is a good year, that you are probably a hero. Not probably, you are a hero because of what you have done. And hopefully by the time I finish, you'll get the idea that heroes definitely live here. So I guess the title could really be Paul's Heroes. Heroes live here, and it's Paul's heroes. All right, so it starts really with Paul being Saul. Now, I'm going to put the scriptures up on the, up the back screen. Now, I was contemplating, they are going to be in the NIV, my good old trusty belted up one. I was contemplating using the JLT. Anybody heard of that one? Yeah? Jeff's literal translation. All right, so... But I thought for the sake of that, using the NIV is probably a bit safer. <laughs> I could use the ESV. Have you heard that one? Most of you know the ESV. That's the Eva's spiritual version. So, <laughs> Hogan's heroes. Paul's heroes. Hogan's heroes. Paul's heroes. Go back to yes. So it actually starts with Paul being Saul. Yep. Now, even though we're going to go to Acts 22, now, if you haven't heard a little bit about this guy by the name of Saul, we'll hear a a little bit more about him in a minute, but he was a pretty nasty dude. He actually had bits of paper that he could walk in here right now and arrest the lot of us. So he's pretty nasty. And, but then something happens... And now he goes running around and he's telling everybody about this guy called Jesus. And now he has to stand up in front of a crowd and give an account of what's actually happened and why he's gone from being a pretty nasty dude to being a guy that's now running around telling everybody about Jesus. So he stands up in front of the crowd and he starts to talk about what actually happened on the road near Damascus. And in Acts 22, 12 and 13... He makes this simple statement. A man named Ananias came to see me. He was a devout observer of the law 
and highly respected by the Jews living there. He stood beside me and said, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that very moment, I was able to see. That's what he says. Is that sort of really completely what happened? That's what Paul remembers. But let's have a look at Ananias and what he actually did that day. So we've got to go back to Acts 9 from verse 10. And so have a look at it. He's right. And it says, in Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. Yeah, he's got that bit. The Lord called to him in a vision. Now, I'd love to, this is probably going to, yeah, Ananias. Now, all of us are going to go, yep, okay, good, God, that's cool. Of course, he responds, yes, Lord. Don't know what else you're going to respond with. The Lord told him, now, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a name from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hand on him to restore his sight. Uh, Lord, <laughs> I've heard a few reports about this man and all the harm he's done to uh, your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. Fair, decent comment to say. But then the Lord said to Ananias, Go. This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the, to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. So go do it. Go do it. So then Ananias went to the house, entered, placed his hands on Saul. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here. Not sure how... Ananias knew that because he didn't have a text message for anybody saying, check this out. So God must have shown him this. Has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Paul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. That's it from Ananias. To the best of my knowledge, that's the one thing that Ananias did. So let's just think about what was going through Ananias' mind and brain, anything or heart, when God told him to go and do this. So in verse 13 and 14, uh, now this is probably what's written around, so we will use the Jeff literal translation for this bit. Uh, Lord, <laughs> I've heard a few reports about this man, and really... You want me to walk in there, he's got his guards, he's got a piece of paper, he's got everything, and you want me to walk in there and pray for him? And God says, yep, that's what I want you to do. Yeah, pretty much. Really? Think about, I don't know, who, who would be the worst criminal that we've got? And you get told, go into there, and he's got guards around him, and he's got a piece of paper, and God says, go and simply pray. So from the answer that God gave him, he goes and does it. He enters the house, places his hand on Paul. He has one sentence. I don't know about you, but right then, if I've just prayed for this guy and now his eyes are open, I'd still be standing there going, mm, not quite sure what's going to happen here because has he just opened up his eyes, Dan? Has he completely changed? I don't know. But it says Paul gets up and gets baptized 
and he leaves. So I don't know, if I'm Ananias, I'm sitting there going, what do I do now? <laughs> like, I'm out of here. But that's it. He just, one thing. God said, please go do this. Because of Ananias, Saul could now see. Not only in the, pra- not only in the physical, but a lot more took place. I wonder oh, if one simple thing that God has asked you to do makes the major difference to one person so that someone else can actually see Jesus. Because yeah. they, they may be still in the dark until you go in and do one thing. It may feel so frightening, but if you read this account, it didn't take long unless there was a big argument that we didn't, between Ananias and God that we don't read about. But he walks in, says one sentence, and walks out. Bam, that's it. And to the best of my knowledge, that's it. No other, there's a few hints about what Ananias may have done, but that's it. And remember, Paul's giving an account in front of a crowd and says, This guy, nearly he's going, This guy started it. (laughs) Without him coming and doing that. But if you read the whole account, a lot of things took place. God gives him a vision, go do this, gives Paul the same vision, uh, sorry, Saul the same vision. So, and it said, unless Ananias, you know, I've given him the vision, there's going to be you, mate. Go do it. So I guess Ananias was the first of the true unsung heroes to Paul. Because without him doing that, do we then have Paul doing stuff? Something to think about, something to talk about over lunch. Well, you called me weirdo, so I can get to use your line. (laughs) Now, let's turn our attention to Colossians 4, verse 7 and 10. Now, Paul is writing this letter to the church in Colossus while he is in prison. And the thing is, this is the first time he's in prison. He seems to get arrested because they could probably handle Paul when he was Saul arresting people but now that he's a Christian and actually going around and and saying things about Jesus no we're just going to arrest you and throw you in jail and while he's there he just writes letters off to other churches good on you that didn't work now there's a few people's names in this if I say them with confidence you'll just believe that I've pronounced them correctly won't I just say them with do it all right I'll read it all in Greek it's easier Tychicus will tell you all the news about me. He is a dear brother, a faithful minister and a fellow servant in the Lord. I am sending him to you for the express purpose that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your hearts. He is coming with Onesimus, our faithful and dear brother, who is one of you. They will tell you everything that is happening here. My fellow prisoner, Aristarchus, sends you his greetings, as does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. Mark. Mark. That was too easy. Mark. 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 Um, Cousin of Barnabas, you have received instructions about him. If he comes to you, welcome him. I'd like to have a look at this guy, Tychicus. Because look at what Paul says. 
And remember, he is in jail in Rome and he's telling the Colossians this about him. He will tell you all the news about me. He is a dear brother, a faithful minister and a fellow servant in the Lord. I am sending him to you for the express purpose that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your hearts. Now I'll show you something interesting in the book of Ephesians. Six, uh, Ephesians 6, 21 and 22. Writes another letter. Paul is writing another letter. Tychicus, my, the dear brother and faithful servant in the Lord, will tell you everything, everything so that you also may know how I am and what I am doing. I am sending him to you for this purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage you. Paul has written the same thing to the Colossians about Tychicus and the Ephesian church and has said, he's coming to you. But who the, was he? <laughs> I was going to say something else and I practiced this too many times. Who was he? Paul calls him his dear brother and faithful servant, faithful minister, and lets them know why he's actually sent him. They actually first meet after a riot has broken out in Ephesus. We're going to hear a little bit more about this little riot because there's a few other people that come out of that riot. And Tychicus, along with some others, accompany Paul and set out for Macedonia. And Tychicus is simply recorded as being a constant help to Paul through the churches of Asia. While Paul is in jail in Rome, he wants to remind both the Ephesians and the Colossians about this man and he has sent this man to both of those churches. And this guy is also mentioned in 2 Timothy and Titus. Must have made an impact on Paul for him to sit there and write about this guy. Why do I mention him? For Paul to take the time to send him to Ephesus and Colossus so that he may encourage both of those churches while Paul is in Rome, in jail, what a hero to both of those churches. Here Paul says, here is this person, and they simply meet after a riot has broke out and broken out in Ephesus. And then, then he goes on a trip with Paul through Macedonia. What an impact he must have made on Paul to say, go do this. Now that we've looked at Tychicus in that, the next person I want to have a look at from Colossians 4.9 is a guy by the name of Onesimus. Real easy name to get through. Because in, in Colossians 4.9, he just said, he's coming with Onesimus, our faithful and dear brother, who is one of you. They will tell you everything that is happening here. Paul simply mentions that Onesimus is travelling with Tychicus. I don't know. So I've got to say it with a bit more confidence. Did you know that at that time they also had a letter in their hand for Philemon? At that moment in time. And Philemon was a believer, a believer in Colossus. At that, at, so at that time, Philemon was a slave owner. And one of the slaves had apparently stolen from him and run away. This was punishable by death. This slave was Onesimus. Onesimus had met Paul, had become a Christian, 
and was now prepared to come back to his master. And Paul was writing and had in Onesimus had in his hand a letter from Paul from jail, writing an appeal to the slave owner regarding Onesimus. Now, that's how we end up with the letter Philemon. Now, I could probably read the whole lot of that, but in uh, Philemon, I keep on pronouncing it wrong, but we'll pick it up from verse 8 through to verse 21 and just see what Paul writes about this guy. Therefore, although in Christ I could be bold and order you to do what you ought to do, yet I prefer to appeal to you on the basis of love. It is as none other than Paul, an old man, and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus, that I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, who became my son while I was in chains. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he has become useful both to you and to me. I am sending him, who is my very heart, back to you. I would have liked to keep him with me so that he could take your place in helping me while I'm in chains for the gospel. But I do not want to do anything without your consent so that any favor you do would not seem forced but would be voluntary. Perhaps the reason he was separated from you for a little while was that you might have him back forever. And I love this bit because the very next bit says, No longer as a slave but better than a slave, as a dear brother. He is very dear to me, but even dearer to you, both as a fellow man and as a brother in the Lord. So if you consider me a partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it back to me and I'll deal with it. Not to mention that you owe me your very self. I do wish, brother, that I may have some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I ask. What an impact Onesimus must have made on Paul. All I can find about him is that he met Paul and became a Christian. What else? I don't know. Take, have a guess. So why do I consider him an unsung hero? How many people became Christians because of Paul? Don't know. But here, written for all times is the impact that he had on Paul. So that Paul would write a letter from jail appealing to his master and Onesimus stands in front of his master with this letter. Remember, it's still punishable by death because he's run away. He's a slave and I have to hand you this letter. <laughs> I've got through all the guards. I've got everything. The slave owner didn't have to read it. He didn't have to do anything. But he's handed it up. Just stop and think about that for a moment. So one more from Colossians 4. This fine from verse 10. And it just says, My fellow prisoner, Aristarchus, sends you his greetings. So Paul is reminding the Colossians 
that Aristarchus was his fellow prisoner and sends his greetings to them. So let's look at this guy and find out why maybe Paul might have mentioned him here. So from that, we have to go back into Acts 19, verse 28. Give you a set the scene a little bit. I've mentioned it a second ago about some little riot in um, Ephesus. And the title in my Bible says, The Riot in Ephesus. Good headline, that's going to sell stories every time. Fake. <laughs> well, yeah, mostly prison. Oh. So pretty much what had happened is a little bit of a dispute had broken out because some guy by the name of Paul had been there and the idols makers weren't making any more money and they were losing trade because Paul had convinced everybody that man-made gods were no gods at all and it was now discrediting the goddess in Artemis. So they were a bit annoyed that they were no longer making any money. So from verse 28, When they heard this, they were furious and began shouting, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. Soon the whole city was in an uproar. The people seized Gaius and Aristarchus, Paul's traveling companions from Macedonia. Heard this Macedonian thing a little bit. And all of them rushed into the theater together. Paul wanted to appear before the crowd, but the disciples would not let him. Even some of the officials of the province, friends of Paul, sent him a message begging him not to venture into the theatre. Now we're going to find out what happened in that theatre. The assembly was in confusion. Some were shouting one thing, some another. Most of the people didn't even know that why they were there. The Jews in the crowd pushed Alexander to the front and they shouted instructions to him. He motioned for silence in order to make a defence before them. But when they realised he was a Jew... They all shouted in unison for about two hours. Shouted at them for two hours. And Now, there's a few things I want to show you in this. The crowd seized Gaius and Aristarchus. They didn't seize Paul. But Paul was there. Paul wanted to be involved. Paul, And they're saying, Paul, don't get involved. And these guys, his traveling companions, got involved. And for two hours, two solid hours, Gaius and Aristarchus had the crowd of people shouting at them for two solid hours. And when we read a few verses on, we find that the city clerk quietens them down, has a few things to say, and then the assembly was dismissed. Okay, that. And then chapter 20 starts with, when the uproar had ended, Paul sent for the disciples and after encouraging them, said goodbye and set out for Macedonia again. Guess who was one of the people that went with him? Aristarchus. Went on his little trip with them. The next we read about Aristarchus, uh, he's on a boat with Paul going to Rome. If you haven't read that bit of a story, that's in Acts 27. And what a trip that one was. Uh, that was, had something about a little storm and a little bit of a shipwreck. And Aristarchus is there all the way through. So Aristarchus is in a riot in Ephesus, becomes Paul's traveling companion, and ends up on the boat to Rome with Paul. And now Paul is writing the, to the Colossians and saying, My fellow prisoner sends you his greeting. 
what a ride Aristarchus went on with for Paul. And with Paul, and Paul is now writing it down for all of us to see. So the unsung heroes in this story, without Ananias, Paul would never have seen. Maybe your one act, your one sentence will help someone to see Jesus. Tychicus, a constant companion of Paul's, and it started when he accompanied Paul through Macedonia. We can only guess at what happened on that trip, but it certainly made an impact on Paul. Who really knows the people that we meet and what an impact they may have and what effect they have on others' lives, we could be a Tychicus to someone and they may not actually realize it until they look back over their lives. What about this guy by uh, Onesimus? What a man. Becomes a Christian and makes such an impact on Paul that Paul writes a letter to hopefully get him off the death penalty. And then says, Onesimus, you go deliver this. You may know and you may never know how much someone might change after they meet Jesus. Paul was a phenomenal example. But what about Onesimus? What an example he was. And Aristarchus, a traveling companion who first took all the brunt of a riot that was actually intended for Paul. When you look at the story, it was, Paul was the one that was stirring it all up because he was telling the truth. Paul wants to remind the Colossians that he sends his greetings. There are so many people that Paul writes about and reminds churches about, and I've purely touched on just a few. The fact that Paul puts, put their names down for us to read about means that they made an impact on Paul. And when we sit there, and, and I'm at that age now, you look back over your life and you go, that person was just there, that person was just there, that person was just there. I wonder if this week we pause and think through some of the people that have come into our lives and have actually made an impact. And we simply thank them for being our unsung heroes. Because remember, heroes come in all shapes and sizes. And remember, heroes live here. I hope you've enjoyed today's message. Remember to check us out at baysidechurch.org.au. And of course, if you're ever in the area, please pop in and say good day.